When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in and welcome to another Monday night edition of the CHGO Bears After Dark podcast powered by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. How's it going, everybody? Happy Victory Monday night here for the CHGO Bears After Dark. I'm sure, Greg, you're just like me and Cody. Uh, You too. Just (laughs) I don't know. Days like Mondays after a Bears win just have an entirely different feel than after a Bears loss. I know we were here a week ago and we're like, oh no, here we go again, kind of doom and gloom. But I know yesterday's game wasn't perfect, but still a win makes that next Monday morning and the entire day just feel so much better. Yeah, it's um, it's unique, I guess. I mean, I, I'll t- the Bears wins are always make the weeks go by better, the work week go by better, laying bricks, feeling a little better about the record, <laughs> projecting how they can steal a few more wins to get get us into October and November. Um, obviously a little unique with the way our quarterback is playing, but I'm sure we'll get into that later. Oh, we, yeah. we definitely will. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just very – I'm very whatever about yesterday's win. Also, I hope my internet's better this time. Last Monday was not great. So uh, I just want to get that off the off the top there. So There you uh, go. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – I. A win's a win, right? You can, in a season like this, you don't really know how many you're going to get. So I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic going into next week against the Giants. Well, your internet's a little grainy. However, I will say it's still light years ahead of like the Bears' passing game. Like I can <laughs> honestly say that right here. See a lot of Got people already going. hopping in the chat. Welcome, Matt Nagy. You're always here. Uh, Torin, <laughs> welcome. Jay, Jesse, Money D. I am Skokes and. Uh, I already mentioned Torrin as well. So uh, as you come in the chat, we'll definitely come say hey, ask some questions throughout the way, and uh, we're going to play some games here tonight too. It's going to be a lot of fun heading into this Monday night matchup between the Giants and the Cowboys, and it's a good game to watch if you're a Bears fan because you can start your scouting report on the Bears' next opponent because we head to the Big Apple to take on Daniel Jones and the Giants. So speaking of this big game, let's talk about some bets to start off this show. And uh, I'll be honest, I don't have any myself because we have the expert here on the show and Cody and I felt so bad yesterday because at the tailgate someone uh, one of our listeners were hanging out for a while got to meet him and right before Nick and I left to go to the stadium was like Will I want you to help me with the same game parlay what do you got and I had the Bears money line the straight up Bears win actually so yeah Bears win uh <laughs> Damian Pierce to go over 60 yards rushing which also hit and then I had Montgomery going over 70 but Montgomery got hurt so he lost he put 75 dollars on that parlay and he Ugh. lost because Montgomery got hurt. I feel good because the bears had a 
historic day on the ground. So at least I saw it coming, but I just didn't expect it to be under Khalil Herbert. So I feel bad. And that's why I don't want to give any betting advice today. I'm going to pass it <laughs> over to Cody. Like, I don't know. Like, I know you mentioned like you lose more than you win and all that good stuff. But man, I, I, I was like a gut punch. Like, I felt bad for the guy. Yeah. Anytime you lose a parlay with like one, that's the worst. There's no worse feeling, but there's no better feeling than actually winning in the parlay. Right. <laughs> like, so. I uh, thankfully I yesterday at the tailgate uh, I I told well I did a video did a thread from the CHGO uh, bets account you can follow it on our tw- on Twitter at CHGO under- underscore bets um, but we did a thread it was it was me Ryan Herrera and Kevin K Dog I think Will you sent me one that I added in there too of uh, just like props that we liked yesterday and I went with Khalil Herbert and. I liked it whether David Montgomery got hurt yesterday or not, just because I, I, I said it before we started. I think that the Bears are just going to be run heavy all season. Uh, I think Greg hinted that or said it best yesterday during the postgame show about how, uh, you know, any fan that's expecting the Bears to just air it out a ton, I just don't think you can expect that, at least right now or in the near future. Uh, do they need to throw the ball more? Absolutely, but I think they're definitely going to be a run-heavy team all season more so. So that's why I like Khalil Herbert's prop the last two weeks. So uh, I got it at 25 and a half. So it, it was never a doubt. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> does it get harder now, though, if with him being like a full-time starter because that line is going to go up? Like, does that make right. you more cautious? Um, I mean, go, you look at the matchup for next next week against the Giants. I mean... The Giants, right? Tonight's game will be very telling of the Giants, right? Because they beat Carolina and they beat Tennessee, who even yesterday, I mean, I don't know how much you can take away from the Titans beating the Raiders and the Raiders haven't won a game yet. And Carolina, they beat the Saints, but they haven't looked good. Like neither one of those teams have looked good. Uh, so to take what you can take away from the Giants at this point, I don't think you, you can take much. So Tonight against the Cowboys, even without Dak, I think it will be very telling because they still have a good defense, in my opinion. They still have weapons. Like, how were the how will their defense hold up against the Cowboys? Um, so, going into that game next week, tonight would be very telling. Again, I I think I think it's I think it's a must play at least because I just think the Bears are going to run the ball so much. Like, you, there's going to be the opportunities, and the, you know that's the way that I look at it. And so now how good is the giants run defense? I at this current moment, I really don't know that much. So like I said, tonight's game would be very telling. Uh, if their run defense is out here and stops Tony Pollard and Zeke tonight, then, uh, Maybe, maybe I lay off Khalil Herbert, depending on what that line is. <laughs> <laughs> True. Good points there. Any trends this week? I know last week that was like the buzzword, oh, right? Yeah. Trends, yeah, trends, yeah. trends. Well, so for tonight, I'm doing it again. Like it, it, it still hasn't lost. The under on primetime games still hasn't lost. Uh, the Bills and Titans game last week, I got it at 48. That means it pushed because that's how many points there were total in that game. A lot of people have got 47 and a half, so it took a loss there. But I got it at 48. Uh, so the under for me at least is still undefeated in the season on primetime. So I'm going to ride it again. Plus it makes sense to take the under tonight. Cooper rush against Daniel, Daniel Jones. I think there's gonna be a lot of running, a lot of, uh, not many p- pass plays in my opinion. Uh, I got it. The under at 39 and a half. Um, it's down to 38 on points bet now as, as we speak. I mean, 
that's a low total. Like, I don't blame you for not wanting to take it, but I just think it's like an easy play to just throw out there and and just ride it out because again, the trend is the trend is is, is hitting right now. Like it's it's not like a bunch of overs have been hitting. It's and, and it's not even just primetime too, but like even for the entire NFL season, there's been a lot of unders to start the year. Um, so I'm gonna write it again whenever it's Daniel Jones going up against Cooper Rush. So I, I like that. Um, that's probably as far as the trend. That's that's the one play I like. Um, but as far as props, I, I love Tony Pollard tonight. Um, I <laughs> on points bet you can actually get the or not can get, but there I don't if it's everyone's account, but I'm pretty sure they put like a free bet in everyone's account tonight for the Monday night football game. Uh, and it has to be used for a same game parlay. I don't know if they put the same amount of money for every person, but I got a $2 free bet. They gave me a $2 free bet. So I did like a six legger and I just did all Tony Pollard props. Uh, and I took the over on like every Tony Pollard prop in that same game. Part. Cause it's a two, it's a $2 free bet. Like why not? Um, but I do like him to go over. I think I got it at 60 and a half. Uh, receiving and rushing yards combined. Uh, last week, I, he went well over that. I think he had around 90 off the top of my head. Um, and I, I just think they're going to use him a lot. Like, they, like I think he's the number one there now. Like, Zeke's a little bit older now. They, they need him to be able to make it through the year. Um, I just think they're using Pollard a lot more. Like I said, last week they did that. And so I, like, I really like him tonight against the Giants. I, I, I just don't hard to trust Cooper Rush, but that's why I think that he's going to be, you know, Duncan with Tony Pollard all night. I mean, or handing it off. I think that's a lot. We'll see. Maybe Speed Lamb will get in there. I hope so for my fantasy team's sake. But you know, <laughs> I just don't see a lot of offense in tonight's game. So like, if there is any offense, any prop really on a running back like Saquon Barkley. I mean, I've seen uh, I've seen a lot of sharps on Twitter that I follow. They all love like the over on Saquon Barkley's like longest rush attempt or whatever which i think is at like 18 yards or something like that so i mean he had a great week one he was pretty solid week two again he looks he healthy, looks healthy. Yeah, yeah like i think any prop with him isn't a bad play too um but again it's just for me it's hard to place anything on the giants after these two wins um because they're like it's like Okay, they they're two and zero, but like, are they for real? And like, we're still really not going to know after week three is over. But like, putting my money on anything related to the Giants is kind of tough. Even though I I did on week one for them to cover the spread, but you know, I uh, as far as like player props, I, I really like Tony Pollard tonight. I think that he's going to have a good game. So I'm riding with uh, the scrimmage yards. I even took any t- anytime touchdown, got it at plus two thirty. So. Uh, yeah, uh, if Tony Pollard doesn't have a good night, then I ain't gonna have a good night, guys. <laughs> yeah, your uh, your wallet's gonna lose a little bit of padding, right? I, I saw the, yeah. the comment from Joey that you've been red hot lately, so I'm trusting everything you're saying. But you know, you may lose a little bit of margin there uh, if Tony Pollard lets you down. Greg? Joey, Joey yeah. in the chat, Swanky, they want to know my what my go to at Taco Bell is quickly. It's the cheesy gordita <laughs> crunch. Okay, Swanky, Ooh. I'm I'm glad you missed me, but you got to know the the details of where my heartstrings are pulled when I go to Taco Bell for my shame meal at 2 a.m. Right. No, it's the Mexican pizza. The... It's back. <laughs> You ever get the gordita crunch with the like Doritos loco shell? Yeah, absolutely. Come on now. I'm a pro. I mean, and if I, you're gonna if you if you hear somebody say I don't like Taco Bell, my first question automatically is, Well, what did you get? Because it's like <laughs> you 
you know, if you just went and got a taco, you're not probably not going to love it. You're 100% right. And if you get the chicken quesadilla, Joey, always ask for extra sauce. Always. Okay. Uh, but no, back to this game. I'm with you on Tony Pollard. I've always been big on this guy. I've had him on my I had, my, had him on my fantasy team last year. A little tricky because I had him as a, uh, uh, you know, safety insurance with with having a Z, with having Ezekiel Elliott on my team. So uh, Tony has a lot of talent. I agree. He's getting ready to just basically take that job completely in full. Not to say that Zeke isn't still a threat in some regard, but uh, plus two hundred to score a touchdown, plus a thousand to be the first touchdown scorer. And I, <laughs> and I find that interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And yeah. then um, no, that's not the, a bad play. Yeah. yeah. And then the other one I kind of got my eye on that's kind of like unique. Cause I always, you know, there's the obvious ones. We know who's going to get the ball. You can make a $20 play on any of those guys and, and hope you, you know, throw you know, throw the fishing line in the water and you grab something. But Daniel Jones plus 1000 for first touchdown scored. And I, I find that interesting because if the giants were to get into the red zone, uh-huh. everyone knows they're going to try to get it in with Saquon Barkley. So there's a potential to me of having to go to third down and doing what you got to do to get in the end zone. That could result in a scramble. So, and same with, uh, like I said, with um, Tony Pollard, not only does he get carries, but he's also your third down guy for sure. So that's another reason why I'd look at those two guys. I'm always looking at the pay dirt props because that's how you get paydays from pay dirt. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Not, the first touchdown bet is so – it's fun to place, and then you get so mad when it doesn't hit. It's like, well, now you don't have anything to sweat the rest of the game. Uh, but, yeah, I was reading something about how the Giants have been running their offense, and they basically have Daniel Jones, like, looking at his first, second, and third reads or first, second reads, and then if it's not there, like, he takes off. And, like, right. I've watched games where he is – he's racked up rushing yards, and – you look at him and you're like, that guy, that guy doesn't look like he can do that. Like, it's not something you just think about when you think of mobile quarterbacks. No. Like he's not the first guy you think of, but the guy actually uh, is an athlete. Like yep. it's, I got the rushing yards for him is like 25 and a half. Uh, I looked at what he's done the last two like weeks and it's been under that. Uh, if it would have been like 2021, maybe I would have dabbled, but uh, I think a lot of people came in on the over there. And so it's pushed it to 25 and a half. So, you know, I, I'm staying away from it. Uh, but I, uh, you know, I, I don't mind, I don't mind, uh, you know, a, a first touchdown bet on, on someone like that. Like if you're going to take a first touchdown bet, you might as well go yeah. for like the big, like go for the big right. fish, right? Like, like you, like taking Saquon at whatever plus four fifty or whatever, that's not fun. Like, and, and it's not a lot of juice either. And then, and you're not going to put a lot of money on it anyway. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like if exactly, you're not going to throw a hundred bucks on it, but if you want to throw 10 or 20, you might as well get one that has really good odds on it and get some money back in it. So you're right. Daniel Jones has a lot of speed. He had that infamous run where it looked like he was going (laughs) to take it like 85 yards and then fell flat on his face. Like sniper sniper on the roof. No one near him. Uh, One of the funniest things. Wasn't that against the Cowboys too? Uh, could have been. You, I thought you, it was a divisional game that they that he did that in, but I'm sure they'll bring it up on the broadcast if he if it was tonight. Good point, <laughs> Cody. Oh. I see your PS5 controller back there. What are you playing? Oh, I've been lately. I've been playing the. Uh, I just got 2K. Um, so if you guys are on the I'm sticks just, for 2K, yeah, I'm know. just mad because I play 2K on my Xbox <laughs> X because that's what my brother plays it on, and we do a lot of the park stuff. 
Like yeah, same. Twos. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's yep. we're it's so different than last year's 2K and we're struggling to kind of figure out like I, I don't like the new badge system with the tiers. It's kind of pissing me off because you have to it's hard to shoot twos. in this year's game, right? Yes, like, it is. It's super hard. Like the guys I play with that I went to college with, we we always play uh like Pro Am or like the Rec Center because like it's like five of us, so we can actually field an actual team out there. And they were all telling me in the group chat when they first got it, you know, the shooting needs like an update it's it's not good like it's it's almost like the game wants you to stop shooting and just try and go to the basket every time yeah. although <laughs> i'm having way, an issue with i'm having an issue with my layups too which is insane really? because i'm yeah. up like a 94 for my driving layup and I'm like why <laughs> aren't these going in it's like 14 percent contested i don't understand but you're right like i feel like the game is it's more like random now with those shots because like i feel like i'm greening mm-hmm. it but it's mm-hmm. not going down. From, it's been pissing me off. From like, so I've been playing 2K for forever since I was a kid, right? So like, one of the things that over the last like four or five years I felt like is so annoying is just like, like now people they'll get the game and then they'll spend the extra money to get all that VC to up their guy as high as they can on the rating scale, and then everyone just makes like the sharpshooter, and so like everyone's just shooting threes. And like doing nothing else, and it's so annoying because they'll shoot it from like Steph Curry range. And like, like it makes sense. Like that's like how it, how it how it makes sense how people are successful with it because like that's just the way the NBA is now. And so like the NBA, they're making the game to like how it is on the court. But like man, like when everyone is doing it though, it's so annoying. So part of me kind of feels like maybe they did that that way they would get a little bit more variety because I just feel like especially from playing all the, the pro-ams and in the rec center, like everyone's just, they're just trying to make their guys super good at, at shooting the basketball and that's it. They ain't good at anything else. They just shoot the basketball and the, the 99 overall at it. It's, it's the most annoying thing. So yeah, no, I, I totally sense. get it. I, I get it a hundred percent, but yeah, I've played too much 2k uh, in my spare time, which I don't get a lot currently, but when I do, it's pretty much right to the park and, <laughs> grinding badges and you know figuring things out uh i don't don't know if uh, you know this digs into my psychology at all but i don't really have time for madden or nba 2k anymore because like you know i got so much going on you obviously will you do too um with kiddos not saying you don't cody but you'll learn something when you get a kid (laughs) in the house uh so no disrespect i know you're a busy man as well but if i do get on playstation i just pop in grand theft auto and i just nice. run over an entire city of people and then that's it. I'll <laughs> log classic, off. Classic stress reliever. Yeah. yeah just run San over. San Andreas people. was my favorite one. San Andreas, my favorite one all time. I wish that they would like reboot it so I can play it on the new system. I think they're coming out with a new one. I saw some leaks. Yeah. So stay oh, tuned. You'll run, run some for, more people over. We've been waiting that. for six for like an, over a decade now. Uh, yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, real quick, so Joey, pop your ass back in here because you said something about Madden quick on the draw. Are you a Madden on the Xbox or PlayStation? I need to know PlayStation, that and I haven't played in, a, in about a year because I can't subject myself to do it. I'll get in these holes, and then I'll have to study tape of the defenses. Like, it's not healthy or normal, <laughs> and so – I have I have yet to get the new Madden yet. Do you have last year's? Yes, I do. I have last year's on my PlayStation Five. Well, we might have to fire it up. But oh, we're gonna I, have I to because I'm gonna to score on you. The next gen one, but I'll I'll get it to play you because okay. this is what I live for. I was thinking about bringing my PlayStation into the office and like leaving it there because that is an excellent idea. 
because yeah, my controller's sitting there, but I'm gonna be out real with y'all. Like I, I haven't been playing as much as like I used to based off what we all do for a living here and all that kind of stuff. So like I was thinking about bringing it in and leaving it there and then like, you know, maybe we get we get like a tournament going, whether it's 2K or Madden or just anything. Honestly, I, I got Call of Duty on here too. We can play some Call of Duty. Like I don't I don't know. I can escape in- the five stars like in GTA for Greg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we so. go. Oh man, but I think esports that would be a fun thing for us. I'm I'm debating a YouTube channel for like 2K just with my brother for fun. Nothing really yeah. glamorous at all. We're not good, but I want to get better. And so maybe yeah. holding myself accountable in a public space will do it. But I see a lot of awesome people here in the chat here today. We got Tiff, Tiff, Angelo's here, Chubbs is here, Dig is here. Nicholas Moriano's already popping in. Kyle Waddle, Money D. Brian Welcome Dable everybody. In. Yeah, Brian yeah, Dable Brian stopped Dable. in before the game. Mike Martz. Me. So wow. many coaches in here. We got Mike Martz, Brian right? Dable, you know, so Matt Nagy. Yes, I'll love you, Smith, in the postgame show yesterday. Greg? This is uh, so, it's intense. Yeah. yeah. A lot of, <laughs> lot of smart football minds in the chat, so we appreciate it. It just shows where, like how good we are that we have all these football minds coming here to uh, give us their takes in the chat. Actually, there was someone I met. I don't know if you did yesterday, but his name was DT uh, Greg, and he's been a fan of our show for a while. And he mm-hmm. was on like the practice squad for the St. Louis Rams, like I think like eight, nine years ago, he said something like wow. that. But I th- thought it was pretty nice because he was like, like acknowledging like how I break down games and my thoughts. I'm like, if you're saying that, like that's just all the validation like I needed to feel like I'm on the right path. Oh, there you absolutely. go. You absolutely are. But we appreciate everybody's uh, support. Uh, I love this. I love this comment. <laughs> After hours, Luke. Oh, no, it went away. Put it back on the screen. Oh, yeah, the, those, there it is. See, show gaming will be awesome because karma will get rocked in Madden or 2K. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, now, that would be a sight to see. Yeah. He was avoiding me in bags yesterday, but... You know, we'll see. It was a windy day, and there was a lot of people that wanted to be on the bags, so we didn't want to take over the take over the boards for all the people that were nice enough to come out and join us. The tailgate was a huge success, though. I had a lot of fun, and it was good to see like everyone who just supports us. So that uh, that was the highlight of my weekend for sure. 100%. Oh, look at that! It was it was a great time. I know. I didn't get to stay as long as I like just getting to go to the game, hanging out with the boss, Jake there and Nick, but just getting to meet fans of CHGO and fans of the bears show. It's been uh it's always surreal. Like even like I've been doing this for seven years and every time someone just recognizes me from this thing, I'm like, get out of town. Like, no, you don't know who I am. Like someone just yelled will. And I like didn't even look. Cause like, I didn't expect it to actually be me, but I thought it was a really good time. The food was delicious. The DJ was playing yep. some jams and mm-hmm. uh, as you see here, like that huge group, f- group photo, we had a huge turnout. I thought that exceeded my expectations. Like, what about you guys? Like, was this like better than you ever envisioned? Because like I had a thought in my head, but this like totally exceeded it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, oh, I'm sorry, Cody. It, it, for ahead, me, it was, um, yeah, it was humbling to see how many people wanted to come out and support what CHGO does and and uh, what we're all doing and and how friendly everybody was and patient you know because we're it was our first tailgate so we're you know we were we were killing it as far as i'm concerned but we're gonna only get better so you know if you keep on the lookout for 
tailgates to come. You know, this is only going to, this is, you know, as my saying always goes, I'm a dead, you know, I'm a broken record here, but it's brick by brick. So, you know, uh, this one was great and they're only going to continue to get better. So if you were there, please come back for more. And if you didn't get to attend, uh, please come out and you, you won't be disappointed. All you can eat, all you can drink for $34. I heard mo- more than a few people saying like, this is well worth my money. You know, you got to go to a tailgate, you got to spend on parking. Then you got to get the booze and the food. Then you got to prepare the food or grill it while you're there. We're doing all the hard work and the heavy lifting for you. And all you got to do is come out and chill. You got the DJ going, got a lot of different things, interactive games, bags and, and Jenga and, uh, you know, the, the um, washer toss and we're going to have more things to come. So yeah, it was great. It definitely exceeded my expectations, but I have a feeling they're going to continue to do that. Cause if that was the first time, it's only going to get better as they go forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, the picture we showed up earlier was um, me, Ryan Herrera from Cubs. And then also my girlfriend and her two friends and her two friends, like said, they had a great time. They said they want to go to the next one that we do. Um, so that's exciting. I had a, I had another friend, uh, my buddy, Sean, who will, uh, he had been listening to the, uh, the Chicago audible before CHGO bears. So he, he, uh, I introduced him to, uh, to Nick Moriano at the bulls watch party we had way back in what was it? April. Um, and he was super excited to meet him. Uh, so I, I hope he got to see, I don't know if he did or not. He was, he's, he was on the bag set, like literally the entire time I was there. I feel like I, but... I didn't even like get to venture that way. Like I walked in, saw Kevin, <laughs> saw Jake. I, I think Cody, I just, we kind of met eyes a couple times. Like, Hey, we didn't even get to like, yeah, I know for a bit. <laughs> But right. it's good because, like, you know, I can catch up with you every Monday night. There was literally minutes. a keg of fireball. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the Someone's Jameson try- bottle that was, like, this fat. Yeah. Someone's trying to get me to do a shot of uh, fireball. And this was at, like, this was – I had been there for maybe 15 minutes. So this was, like, before 9 a.m. I was like, nah, man. Like, that's that's <laughs> not, my, not, my, not, my, not my thing, man. But – uh, I I don't know how far how far down that that uh, keg got lowered, but uh, it got I'm, lowered. I'm sure I'm sure it, it made its way. <laughs> Apparently, so. according to Joey, he thinks it's in the office right now. Oh, oh. Bre- breaking news! Breaking we news. <laughs> Where <laughs> is the fireball keg? Better than better than the malort in the office. I'll tell you that. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it definitely is. No, there's no question. <laughs> so yeah uh, no it was a great time though i i can't wait for the next one no i don't know if i gotta meet that guy though unfortunately but it was good getting to see i know greg and i gotta catch up for a minute and then after i left you guys gave away a jersey is that what i saw yes sir you know i wanted to just do my little part as far as just trying to you know give back to the fans that were coming out to you know join us and have some fun with us so i had some stuff that i've had sitting around here and uh, so I, I, every year when they do the bears draft party or they have, um, you know, bears 100, there's this area of the bears gala where you can like buy stuff. That's like unused equipment they have or unused poster signage or all this stuff that like you'd never find in a store that's bears, like the most ultimate bear stuff you can get. And the thing that I love to get the most are these official bear socks that they actually wear you know, when they're playing and they're unused, they're all in, you know, nicely wrapped. Like they'd come to a store and for years I've been getting these and giving them as Christmas presents. So I have like a ton of them, a ton. Every time I go, I reload on more, 
And uh, so I brought some of those to try to give away. And then, yeah, we had a, I had a Justin Fields jersey laying around. It, d- it didn't fit me. It was an XL, so <laughs> it didn't fit me. I figured we'll bring it out. And, and, we, and somebody was smart enough, one of the fans that came out was smart enough to say, hey, do a bouquet. Because I couldn't figure out how to give it away. When I was doing the, the socks giveaway, I was just doing trivia walking around, and I couldn't even figure out good trivia questions. So I was essentially just handing these to people. if They just, you know um, – you know, take in a question and, and deal with my nonsense for a minute. And so for the Jersey, somebody was like, you need to just toss it and do a bouquet toss. And I was like, all right. And that ended up being a pretty epic moment. A guy from Montreal that came all the way from Montreal, Canada, caught the Jersey. So if anybody was deserving of getting that, somebody that makes a trip that far to come to the CHGO bears tailgate. So I was happy he came down with it and just trying to be fair and, and let everybody have a good time and have an opportunity to get cool stuff. Yeah, tall man wins. He was like six seven, so not a surprise. <laughs> I but- I met them in line uh, when I was eating at the at the the food truck line. I met them actually before, well before that is. I think it was like right when they arrived and they told me they were from Canada and I was like, holy holy shit, you guys came all the way here. Like that's that was exciting to, yeah, to hear. Great. Yeah, philosophy just said, did, should, did we give away Carm's $12 Mac jersey? That will be for the next tailgate. We're throwing the, Matt, Carm's $12 Mac jersey, but the guy that wins it might just throw it in Lake Michigan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my guy, Sean, who I mentioned earlier, he just left a comment in the chat. He's the guy I was talking about. I, from He told me he, he tunes into you guys, the, the Bears podcast, every single day. So uh, he's a good dude. Big supporter. I, I appreciate him. He's a good friend of mine. So well, I appreciate great. Sean. Uh, bear down right back at you, man. It's been great. I'm trying to think of other things you can do instead of like a bouquet toss. Like, could we do like one on one? Like, you have to win routes and like the winner <laughs> like it's like a term tournament style for yeah. it. That would be fun to watch. Yeah, uh, I think. But I thought yeah. about making everybody race, but I was like, eh, you know, these people are here to have fun. Let's <laughs> let's not put them through the combine just yet. <laughs> Well, hey, if uh, once that fireball keg reaches a certain level, then we make them run, and then things get really interesting here at the tailgate. (laughs) All right, real quick, I see Nick's popped in. I want to get get some of his updates from Hallis Hall. Cody, before you go, who wins tonight? Uh, Okay, I'm 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 taking the Giants. I'm taking the Giants. I think the Giants are going to win tonight. I, I don't feel great about it, but I I I feel I feel better about J- Daniel Jones than I do Cooper Rush. But the question is, do they win next week? Well, one one way that I've spin zoned my thinking is now that the Giants are going to be coming off a short week, and if they win tonight, and it'll be a big win. If they do win, it'll be a big win for them against the Cowboys. Then they're due for the letdown against the Chicago Bears next week. So that's one reason why I I, I like the Giants tonight. <laughs> so. That's my own thinking, though. That has nothing like to do it. with gambling. But like, like that's it. what I like. That's what I am hoping for. I'm, I'm, uh, I need the Giants to perhaps win big tonight against the Cowboys, only to be to let down the entire state of New York next week against the Chicago Bears. The forces a team of that, they will, that everyone play. will say, yeah, yeah everyone okay. will say, you know, if they, especially if they beat the Cowboys, they'll be like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna steamroll the Bears, and then the Bears come in and shock the world. I, that's the NFL. It's how this works. All right, Cody, thanks for hopping on here. It was a lot of fun getting to catch up since we didn't get to talk yesterday at the tailgate, and I'll see you next Monday, man. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Later, Cody. 
All right. Let's throw Nick in here because we have some messages to share. And I told him he's going to help me, well, share the load. And then we're going to get some updates from House Hall. Before we get there, I just want to let you know that this football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this head is over, you can place a live same game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second half over bet. With PointsBet, you have access to more live football markets than ever before. Build a perfect live same game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, player props, and more. Choose the outcome of the next drive and next points with PointsBet Lightning Bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today with the code CHGO to get your first two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 100GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Hi, Nick. What's going on, everybody? What's going on? Hello. You guys are having a lot of fun. I was like in the chat there waiting to come in. I'm like, all right, let me let me just get in here and, and join you guys real quick. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy you're here. And let's talk about game time. And then we're going to talk about Victory Monday at House Hall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with game time, I'm going to ask everybody, the listeners, watchers here for, for today's show, just a question and a couple questions. Actually, have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50 yard line? Uh, how about courtside? Behind home plate, floor seats at a concert? It's possible with the game time app, the biggest last minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bears tickets. If you love CHGO too, then you'll love the Game Time app. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All right, Nick. Happy Victory Monday, sir. What's up? Nothing much, you guys. Uh, it's it's a weird Victory Monday, but nonetheless, it is a Victory Monday. You'll definitely take it over the, you know obviously the other outcome but yeah you guys it's uh i was kind of reading just kind of surveying the chat a little bit of mixed results and i get it but like you said it's a victory monday and not not every team in the nfl can say that uh today did you see that matt Nagy thinks you're cute or he he thinks <laughs> uh, that you know you're cute that you know that you are cute <laughs> Yes, now I'm seeing it right there, unfortunately. Um, what's with feel? all the coaches? Uh, it's a little strange, but what's with all the coaches in, in the, the chat here? I thought I saw Brian Dable earlier. Yes. You have Matt Nagy. So Mike bringing Martz. in all the nope. – oh, Mike Marks. Okay, interesting yeah. one. Uh, so you're bringing a lot of different football minds. Whether some are good um, you know, is debatable, but you're bringing a lot of football minds in this chat right now. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call Marts a football mind at this stage, right? <laughs> I don't know. He lost. Yeah. He lost some of it, but we'll uh, we'll we'll get there. Nick, uh, Hallis Hall, you're there today. What should we know? I don't have like any like specific questions per se. I'm going to keep this, you know, open and loose here. But I just want to know, like, a vibe check, major updates that we need to know, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. So today was just press conferences at Hallis Hall today, and it started off with Cole Komet. And, you know, I just wanted to ask him, like, hey, you got you got your two first catches of the season. What's that like? And, you know, he said it was good. It took a little bit longer than he would have liked now being three games in the season to finally register a catch. But he did say some interesting things in, in uh, the short time that we had to speak with him. He said that, one, you know, the run game is, is really successful right now. And he said that run game should open up the opportunities in the past game. And he just overemphasized throughout his press conference that they just need to keep working at it. And that's going to be the biggest thing in order for this passing game to finally 
you know, look like an NFL passing game and why he's convinced that it will get better. He just looks at the guys in the locker room, everybody at house hall, like how hard all these people work. You saw Darnell Mooney and the jugs machine after, you know, the game was over the, the commitment that he has. I think everyone's seen the Justin Fields video of him running on the treadmill. Like these guys are, are wired the right way. Now we just need to kind of see the results happen on the football field. But he was also asked about making corrections, uh, something about making corrections during film study. And I thought this was uh, an interesting quote that he had here. We, But we recognize on offense we've got a lot of work to do, and we want to be the reason why we win games. Because he he's acknowledged, like, since I've been here, you know, the defense has bailed us out. The defense has won us games. It hasn't necessarily been the offense to go out there and win a game for the Bears. And he recognizes that. I'm glad he does. But, you know, those are kind of like the, the main takeaways from, from Cole Komet today, who started off the press conferences um, for today at House Hall. Okay. Well, at least Cole Komet is visible. And, hey, he gets a few catches in the Bears media like, hey, we'll, we'll allow him to talk now because he's done something. And I know you said that they believe they're going to get better due to the hard work. Uh, I think everyone listening, watching, and here on the panel can agree – it can only get better because it could only get better, right? <laughs> like at this stage, it, can it actually be worse? Honest question. You hope not. You hope yeah. not because uh, it's it's been pretty low. But, you know, like I said, they, this locker room has a lot of guys that are wired the right way. They want to be successful. They want to be, uh, you know, again, the reason why they're winning games. So it's just I think it will take some time for them to get there. Um, next up guys was Matt Eberflus and, you know, a lot of questions were, you know, revolving around Justin Fields and Justin Fields said he could basically work on everything in his post-game press conference. He didn't even pinpoint to one thing, everything he said, uh, we asked Matt Eberflus, what can he work on specifically? And he talked about his footwork and timing. Eberflus said he doesn't think his footwork got, you know, regressed in any way in that game against the Texans, but just needs to, again, continue getting reps he was also asked about how do you find that balance between wanting to run the football, which is helping the Bears win games, and still balancing it with fields and giving him the pass attempts and letting him play quarterback. And, you know, Eberflus said, it's always going, I'm always going to do everything we can to win the game. So if the game plan calls for, you know, a heavy workload to Dave Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, that's going to be what the game plan is. And obviously, you sprinkle in the the opportunities for fields in there to to again make the game plan work but that's always going to be the focus whatever's going to help us win that week we're going to focus on that moving forward um, that, that's where that's where i that's my only thing is i don't have an issue with that statement that's football there it doesn't matter where you are in your coach's tenure if he's on the hot seat or not or the quarterback's tenure if he's a rookie or if he's not you're always playing to win. That's football. NBA is different. MLB is different. There's a little more of a developmental acceptance if your team isn't good enough. And so I have no problem with Matt Eberflus running the ball That if that's what is going to make their team win. They won on Sunday, so I don't have too much of a gripe there. But at the same time, the third and six in the first half, to me, was a bailout, just get off the field. You can – okay, you want to say, okay, I don't want him to turn the ball over. That's not put okay. You don't trust your quarterback. You're not putting any confidence in your quarterback either because it's third and six. In my opinion, that's called third and manageable. That's an opportunity to look through your playbook and find a play for Justin Fields to move the chains. 
get that field position back. They ended up punting and they returned it back like 30, 40 yards. And so the field position was flipped, even though you were trying to do what's best for the team there. I would have preferred them to pass on that situation. And I know Matt Eberflus admitted to his mistake at the end of the first half, not calling the three timeouts um, or not using one of his three timeouts when they substituted a player out with like 35 seconds left. That was the other instance. Those two instances, I felt like you took the ball out of Justin Fields' hand and you, you're you saying you want to play to win. You That's not playing to win, play calling, like, play calling like that. That's play calling scared. I understand Justin Fields is struggling, but you're wiping any semblance of confidence if you won't give him those little opportunities. The rest of the game, I have no issue with. They're running the ball as good as they've ever run it. You know, I mean, and that's saying a lot for this franchise. They won the game by the skin of their teeth. Roquan saved the day. So at the end of the day, he can get the last laugh. But those are the two critical points I would point to when saying, hey, we are trying to win the game. So in those positions, I'd like to see him attempt to throw the ball. Do you guys have any thoughts on, okay, so if we want to win games this year and it's going to happen through defense and running the ball, that would turn Justin Fields into like that quote game managing type of quarterback, which I hate to say because I still believe he has the potential and the talent to be a much more capable quarterback than one that's like, hey, just don't lose me this football game. But I guess also being a game manager this year, if they just kind of you know pick and choose the spots, would allow some room, like you said, Greg, like third and six, like a game manager, you're at least going to give them an opportunity there. You just don't have to be a team that drops back and throws it a bunch. And maybe that's what we're seeing here already. But would you be satisfied at the end of the year if they're a run first team that relies on their defense and Justin Fields does become that quote game managing quarterback this year? I, even though I understand like you want to see what he has, but does that make the sense for the bears, like their best approach moving forward. You no, I, yeah, no, I would not be happy. I mean, we'll take what we can get. I mean, if they're game managing because they're scratching and clawing for that last playoff spot, which right now, if you look at the playoff picture through three games, the bears are in. So we're in the playoff picture after three games. Let's throw the parade. But no, by the end of the year, I want to see progression. There's no way after Justin Fields was able to, have gradual progression in Matt Nagy's offense, who had no idea how to run the ball for three years, the last three years, that he can regress with these guys. And the promise in that last preseason game where it seemed like they were going to have a balanced attack, that's all falling apart at this point. I want to see them bounce back. I still have expectations for Justin Fields. I understand the weapons aren't there. Uh, Bayless Jones eventually will get on the football field and I'm certain will me and you are certain he's a playmaker, but we'll never see mm-hmm. it until he gets out there. Once he gets out there, I think that adds a wrinkle to the offense and something the defenses have to keep in check or at least keep their eye on, even if he's not ready to, you know, make, you know, have huge games out of every Sunday. And then of course, Nikhil Harry, I mean, I know he's just another role player, but you know, with Byron Pringle leaving the stadium with a boot last week, they, they're, they're thin at receivers. So, you know, I understand why he's going to, if that's what it turns into, but no, I will not be satisfied about it. I want to see progression. I'm willing to give him his third year uh, to, to prove it. If he's our franchise quarterback, I'm not going to be out on him by any means, you know, short of an abysmal failure this season. And I know we're getting our head ourselves 
when we talk about that. But no, I want to see progression. And so far we haven't seen it. So, you know, I understand all the different variables, but right now isn't good enough. He understands that. I think the coaches understand that. And uh, let's just hope on Sunday that there is minimal, you know, gradual, you know, um, success for this team. I'm not asking for much. 100 yards, 70 yards, that's not cutting it. Yeah, no, it's, and I saw a few comments in the chats real quick, Nick, that people are just saying, like, they don't know if Justin's even that game-managing type just due to, like, the boom or bust nature of his game. Either he's on or he's been really off, and that does make it hard for him to kind of be that even-keel guy. And I keep seeing comments like he's scared to throw, scared to throw. And after watching yesterday's game right next to you up in the box, Nick, and we're watching this play develop and we can see these receivers, like, there's some separation there. He's just hitting the back of his drop, and – he just won't make a throw, and I think he's just afraid not to make a mistake. I know a lot of people's, uh, I kind of on that train, and I'm right there with them. But at some point, like this offense is predicated on rhythm and timing. He has to be getting that ball out as soon as he hits the back of that drop. Make a decision. Like he already threw two picks, like, and one was a bad decision. The other one was a missed ball placement. Like if those are going to come anyway, at least just have conviction in the play drop back, make a decision, make a throw. That's what I want to see out of him. I'm tired of standing there, eh, eh, and then the pocket collapses, and then he has to try to like do damage control after the fact. It's not working. It's getting him hit unnecessarily, and I'm just tired of seeing it. Yeah, and I, guys, I think, too, like the term game manager gets this negative connotation to it because I, I think even a game manager gets more passing attempts than what Fields has gotten through the first three <laughs> games, true. 17, 11, and 17, right? So I think for him, it still would mean he'd get passing opportunities. It's just not going to be as much. But, Greg, you mentioned, like, those third and long plays. Matty Refluce was asked about that today. He just thought, like, when they called the runs at some of those plays, like the third and seven, that there was a third and ten, there was a third and long that was just ended up being a draw play. But he thought that based off the defensive scheme – it was the look that they wanted. He was also asked, well, if the defense comes out in a different front, is is Fields able to adjust the play, call an audible essentially? He said, yes, absolutely. So maybe, you know, obviously three games in, Fields just isn't maybe at that point yet where he sees something, recognizes it, and is able to change. But we need to start seeing that. And even if he was maybe, quote, unquote, a game manager, it he would still, I think, get some opportunities throughout a game because we we don't want to see him just going out there doing what Will was just describing, not knowing, not pulling the trigger uh, on some of those plays. Like even the nice run on third down, Will, where he's escaping right. people in the pocket. There are guys open. There's a guy open on the hitch. There's a guy open on the left side. There's a guy open on the corner route. But for some reason, whatever Justin's eyes were telling him, told him to hang on to the football and use his athleticism. And yes, it worked. It, it worked on that play, but gosh, for, for him to show that progression that Greg's looking for, that all of us are looking for, everyone in this chat and who's listening is looking for, he needs to start airing the ball out and making those plays happen with his arm because we know he could do it with his legs. We saw that last season in, in limited playing time, and we've seen it in spurts here, but I think that's going to be the big thing for him, man. It says, can will the coaching staff allow him to to make those opportunities? Because it, it seemed like how they handled halftime, those third and long plays. It's like there's a, there's a certain trust factor that maybe isn't there with Justin Fields, and he Justin Fields needs to prove 
to his coaching staff that he's capable of making those plays. Right. That's the thing. Because when, no, you, it's... when you look at when you look at the plays, he's not making the plays that are in his hands that he can control. And that's where I think this whole situation can get a little tricky. What can we keep calling plays for him? Is he going to execute him? Are, are we going to end up losing the game? Because it all comes back to that. Can, what puts us in the best position to win? And that's again where this all gets a little murky. Hundred percent. I mean, like I said, it was only those two instances that I took exception to. Other than that, I thought he called a fine game. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Run the ball. Let me ask you guys this. You know, doing my notes as far as what we were going to talk about, and obviously we all the talk's going to be about Justin Fields. I understand Khalil Herbert had a great day, and I'm sure we'll get to that because I love Khalil Herbert. Juice is a great running back. But let me just ask you guys this. Does Fields check any of these boxes at this moment? Seeing the field, pocket presence, timing, accuracy, ball security, or confidence? Does he check any of those boxes right now? He's over, he's over six or five or however many you just listed there. I that's, don't I don't have a single check. That's what scares me. You mentioned that play mm-hmm. that's been highlighted a few times here on Twitter today where he, this, the hitch is right there. It's a simple throw. He's always looking downfield for the big throw. Darnell Mooney's in the middle of the field. Seems like he's looking at him. Just make the simple throws. It just seems like he's so overwhelmed right now uh, between that and, you know, the addressing of the fans last week. And it's just everything seems to be overwhelming him at this point. And it's showing on the field. And then when he goes to the sidelines, when you watch on TV, his you know mannerisms while he's sitting there, he just looks overwhelmed. It's frustrating as a fan. It is. I actually have one more thing I want to add to that, but real quickly, I, I've held this comment up here on the screen for a minute from Delcor just saying like, why not give Justin the easy throws to get him in a rhythm? They're there. They're like, there. They're calling him and they're there. He's just not taking it. And that's what we're trying to get to. It's very just frustrating to watch as a fan, someone that wants Justin to become the guy like Nick, we've had so many conversations about him before the bears even drafted Justin about like, he could become that franchise quarterback for this team. And then he's here and we're excited and you get the glimmers of hope last year, making throws that, you know, I literally, I'm going to keep saying it made my jaw drop. Some of the throws that he was able to make Mm -hmm. uh, last year, just with that ball, that arm talent uh, that he has. And we haven't seen a throw like that so far yet, you know, this season. So yes, not every play has those long developing routes. Like there's going to be different levels to every play. Cause you do want to stretch that defense in multiple ways to open up some, you know, your guys, but he's just not taking those easy, easy throws when they're there. And Greg, you mentioned like what he looks like on the sidelines. And I, I saw that today too, during like my rewatch for the broadcast, but I just want to mention in the locker room yesterday, I didn't mention this uh, on the post-game show, but like we're not allowed to talk to Justin in the locker room because he has the post-game presser, but he's kind of sitting there and all the other players were talking to each other. You know, spirits aren't like super high, as I mentioned, but like, hey, we're happy we got to win. He just sat in front of his locker, eyes down, kind of just staring at the floor, kind of like that Charlie Brown, kind of sad, kind of like, I guess, body language. It's kind of how I can explain it. Just super dejected and just this kind of like in his own mind a bit. And you can tell, like, I know he had those very strong comments about his own play a few minutes later when he went into the actual press conference, but in the locker room, like he wasn't talking to his guys. He wasn't happy about the win. You can tell, like he took this very seriously that like he wasn't playing well and you can tell it eats at him. And at one point, like you do want him to like, take it this seriously and want to be better but you have to also wonder like how much is too much that he's putting on himself and like can he also as much as he's overwhelmed from maybe what the bears are asking of him is he also trying to put too much on his own plate well he said it i played like shit you know he he has high expectations for himself we have high expectations as fans you know 
Are they realistic? Well, that's subjective to how you view him as a quarterback. I don't think they're unrealistic. I think he's a, the most dynamic quarterback we've ever drafted. I think that's an easy one. Uh, will he be the most successful? Time will tell. So, no, I mean, that's why I will be disappointed. I, I have high expectations of this guy. I expect them to figure this out on Sunday against the Giants and start throwing the ball in more. Am I saying 303 touchdowns? No, I'm just saying a more competent offense where they're moving the chains through the air a few, a little more and not having to rely so much on Khalil Herbert because it doesn't, I mean, I, they say David Montgomery's day-to-day. We're not going to know for sure until maybe Wednesday. You know, we know how Eberflus is very uh, tight to the vest on uh, injury updates. So now we've lost one of our weapons in the running game. Khalil Herbert certainly did a great job, uh, you know, to re- to replace or to help out David while he was on the men. But it's a lot to ask for for the running game to have all-time great games. They had 400 yards of offense. It all came from the run game. That's incredible. But we can't rely on that every week. At some point, as Cole Komet was saying, the, the offense, the passing game has to hold up their end of the bargain. Yeah, Greg, I'm glad you brought up David Montgomery real quick and just a small update from what Matt Eberflus kind of gave us. And he's very vague on what his injury updates his status is, but still day to day. And he wouldn't comment if IR was a possibility for David Montgomery. But I know like yesterday during the game, it said it was a knee and ankle. He just diagnosed that to to an ankle injury today. So day to day ankle, he said on Wednesday, we'll know a little bit more about his status moving forward. But he again, he kind of seemed a little. If you had to guess for either one of you, just as far as did you get any hints in the locker room? Any what would you guess? If if you, you know, Justin said he Justin talked to him, um, and he, he talked or he said in his press conference yesterday, he said he's doing good or fine. I think was the word he used. But yeah, Wednesday will be uh, a better day. They're off tomorrow, the Bears. So Wednesday when they return, I guess we'll see if I, I noticed that like David Montgomery's walking. You know, with a strange limp or anything, but day to day, as uh, Matty Rafflu said, two good things at least uh, regarding this situation. One, uh, Mason West, who Nick and I know very well, who's super just in tune with sports and injuries and rehab. Uh, we're you know the what we used to call in our podcast was he is a what was it cyborg was the word that he used there right? Like Montgomery's a cyborg, like he can heal up quicker than most other players. So that's. That's a good sign uh, in general. And the other one, as we mentioned, Cleo Herbert and what he's able to bring to the table that allows the Bears a little bit of flexibility where they don't need to feel rushed or forced to bring him into action as soon as possible. They can give him a little bit of lenience to make sure he is fully 100% before he's back out there. Uh, but I, I think uh, Flossie said uh, three weeks or more. I, I would not be very surprised one bit if that's actually the case uh, at all. But I think it's unfortunate for David to have another injury that he could miss time in a contract year because that has been kind of part of his well career so far is like having these injuries that right. do get him out. And I know running backs do take a toll. They take a beating, but I get for a contract year and for a player that's hoping to get a good deal, like this does hurt at those chances. I agree. I think that's the uncomfortable conversation that you could have after, you know, we all of us don't want to see injuries, especially to David Montgomery or anybody on the bears as, as bears fans. But at the same time, like after the, the Packers game, I was like, damn, somebody that plays that hard, that makes those kind of like that one run they kept showing uh, throughout the week. Like that's unbelievable. I'm like, pay, like my emotion said, pay this dude. Like, he's a hard worker. He's a great leader. And then he plays like that, you know, when there's not much help passing help, but 
Then the reality sets in. He gets injured like he has before, like you mentioned, Will. And Khalil Herbert has 150 yards, you know, I think like 130 after contact. He's so smooth. You know, he doesn't make it look as – like David Montgomery makes it look kind of hard because of how just he's he's looking for the contact. Herbert seems to avoid the contact a little more. He's smoother. He's patient through, you know, setting up his blocks. He gets skinny through the hole, you know, gets, you know, I just love the way Khalil Herbert runs. I always have since the day I saw him at training camp last year. And he does show you that it probably isn't necessary for a team that just isn't quite ready for playoff or championship aspirations to sign him to a big contract when you have Khalil Herbert sitting there being able to do the job that he's capable of. It just goes to show, because we had the discussion throughout the off season, like what we saw from Khalil Herbert, was it a fluke or not? And man, I think he's proven this year already that it's not a fluke. He can be a workhorse in an offense. He mentioned in the locker room again, Hey, getting 20 carries is great. I got into a rhythm. I got into a flow. I feel in a, that does help him be better. And the fact that I mean, he's everything I go for seven yards to carry this season. Like that's an insane number in the NFL. And kudos to the offensive line too. Cause we keep talking about, you know, the running back here, but there are holes for him to hit and he has the patience, the vision to hit him, And he does allow those plays to develop in front of him, the lead blocking. And that does help him a lot, but the ability to absorb contact, I think, is one that I like to watch too with him. Like he gets hit, but like he doesn't like go backwards. It's almost like his body just like absorbs the pressure. And he's like, okay, out of my way. Like like he said, Greg Smooth. It's like, nope, not you, not you. And and it doesn't need to look like it's like it's a difficult. It's I said it's very bowl, impressive. I called him a bowling ball when I first saw him last year. You know, just he's all he that momentum just keeps going. No, for sure. Oh, look at that. <laughs> team, that baby. is awesome. That's a great Love photo. It. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> <I'm> at, <laughs> this is now the second time I've been in a, a Photoshop with uh, Jordan somewhere in the Photoshop. So, Joe, you oh, can keep that up all day long. You told me at the tailgate yesterday. You said keep doing it. Keep it up. Hey, you're not Larry Legend. I'm the Indi- – well, it Will's the Indiana boy too, but I'm an Indiana boy, so I take pride in Indiana. I know sure. Chubbs will freak out because I, I take pride in both Indiana, the region, and, and Chicago, and I know it drives him crazy. So, yes, keep those Photoshops up. You're the, you're the master at them. Send that to me right now on my phone. Yeah, no, he he is. Uh, I think the master is a great word. So, Nick, I know you're going to be going here in just a little bit. Uh, before you do, I do want to at least give us an opportunity to discuss like the premise uh, of this show, which was like, is now the time to reset your expectations for Justin Fields? Because we talked about what kind of year we expected from him taking a jump. And I'm personally, I'll be honest, like uh, I'm nixing all of that already. Like, I feel like I need to lower my bar significantly. And at least for me and my mental health and just how I'm going to approach this season, it's going to at least help me and I think get good perspective and not be pissed off or frustrated after every one of these games. Like what I'm seeing out of Justin so far just shows me like there is a lot of room for growth. Obviously, we see that. So I'm just looking for and I think, Greg, you said it in other terms, but I'm looking for like incremental progress. Like as long as we can just stack many wins. I'm happy. Like he does not have to put up gaudy numbers to make me feel like, you know, good uh, about his performance. Like I'm setting the bar much lower, like at all. Like I'm not looking for two DD performances, 250 plus yards, none of it. If he can just make good reads, 
improve the pocket pocket presence, play within the system, within the offense. And like, Hey, like if I can see glimpses of that, like, honestly, I'm happy. Like, that's it. Like I don't have any higher expectations right now. And I, Nick, you've known me long enough to know, like I do like to set those expectations low, let people exceed it. Maybe I got a little too excited about a potential year to jump, but right now it's just, it doesn't seem like it's the case. Yeah. Honestly, right now it doesn't seem like that. And and I know, like, I wrote my article saying that maybe the, the Bears, like, the trust in them right now doesn't seem like it where it needs to be. But I feel like still when they came out in their opening press conferences expecting the year two jump, like, that's still the expectation. Now, I think it's just at a slower pace, obviously, than what we thought it was going to be. But, yeah, we just need to start him, start seeing him learn how to play the quarterback position. Little by little, whether it is just working on your pocket presence and then the rhythm, the timing, just things, things of that nature, because you, you can't expect all of it to, to somehow just show out against the Giants on Sunday. No, I think it's going to be, like you said, incremental. But in terms of like lowering the expectations, like, yeah, I think that's fair to say. The, the thing that I just don't want to have happen at the end of the year, you guys, is that once it's all said and done, you still don't know anything about Justin Fields where you don't know if he's the guy moving forward that you're in this position as a bears going to finally have a first round draft pick and not know what you should actually do with that pick and not this. And I don't know where the bears obviously will be drafting at, but that can't be the scenario. You need to see what he's capable of. And still it's not going to be to the full extent because he doesn't have the people around him. He doesn't have the playmakers around him, but you need to see, in the environment in which he can control some of the variables, like making the right read, delivering an accurate pass, that he's capable of it. That he can show that confidence and swagger that we kind of, that we saw in like that Pittsburgh game. So if you could do that, I think that's where we, we need to see it from Fields this season. And one thing too, I just want to add real quickly, then Greg, I'll get your thoughts is it's a balance because it is a complete football team. Like you want to see what Justin has, but also you need to evaluate this entire roster and for Coach Eberflus and Ryan Poles, like they're in their first year. They don't want to just go out there and lose and have winning, you know, losing records and lose the locker room and not being able to establish this culture and start getting, you know, more heat over to them because the Bears aren't winning games. So like they do want to win. I think you can tell they're playing to win. So it is a real interesting balance that the Bears will need to keep striving to find is how do you fairly evaluate Justin so you have a really good idea heading into next season and how you should approach building this team moving forward. Is he the guy or not? And also, like I said, building the locker room, building the culture, winning some games, good momentum here too, because that's also very important for both of them being rookie head coach and rookie GM. It's a real interesting scenario really all the way around. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, I guess I'm going to keep my expectations low here for the next month, month and a half, because as we saw just on yesterday, they have winnable games early in their schedule. We've all talked about this. That's why there has been so much discussion about their win total. Will it be, you know, the national pundits saying they're going to win four games and bears fans going crazy. And then there's other bears fans that were picking not Adam Hogue picked nine wins. You know, I think Corey Wilton picked more, you know, I had him at seven, but you know, it, it's it's just such a wide range of opinions, especially within Bears fans, and we can all be a little crazy when it comes to this. So now, look, you have the Giants next week. You got the Vikings. You got the Commanders at home on Thursday night football, certainly a winnable game. Then you have the Cowboys and the Patriots coming up too. 
both have quarterback injury issues. And so that leads you to think, hey, those are winnable games too. And so I now I understand, like, hey, I'm not going to fault Eberflus for trying to win these games early on, keep this team in a competitive place going into October and November. So I have to keep my expectations low on how much they're going to air it out with Justin Fields. But if we get into late November, December, where we're playing really tough teams, the Bills, the Eagles, the Packers, like back to back to back, and the, the losses start stacking up, and now we're thinking about the future, you know, where it's more of an understandable conversation as opposed to right now in week three as far as talking about a draft pick because we do have a first-round pick this year. And they're going to have to make a decision, Ryan Poles and the coaching staff, as far as is Justin Fields our guy. And if they don't believe that, they have to draft a quarterback in the first round. That's the last thing I want. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing I want. But they have to figure that out. I mean, I've seen people in the comments saying, you know, Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions his first year in the league. How many touchdowns did he throw that year? That means they were throwing the ball with Peyton. You know, he may have thrown all those interceptions, but they were allowing him to throw the ball. Right now, they're not allowing Justin Fields to throw the ball. So how do they know what windows he can fit it in? What plays he's comfortable passing in? If you're just going to go with your bread and butter and running, and I get it because you're trying to win games again. And the whole Mitch thing, it's just always going to be compared to Mitch. Mitch in his second year, because this is Justin's second year. I understand it's only 13 games so far for Justin Fields, but Mitch in his second year had 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and a year they went to the playoffs. So we all kind of looked over a lot of the things that might have been red flags for Mitch that he wasn't the guy because we're winning games. If that's what happens with this Bears team, more than likely Bears fans will sing the same, same song and deliver the word of patience if we're somehow making the playoffs at the end of the year. I highly doubt that's going to happen at this point, but crazier things have happened in the NFL. So, you know, I don't know. As far as keeping my expectations low, I will early on in the season, but at some point they have to find out who this guy is because, like Nick said, worst-case scenario is going getting to the final game of the year and you still have no answer as to who Justin Fields is as the future of your franchise at quarterback. Really well said there, Greg. I think all three of us, like making sure people understand that we're clear, like no one here is giving up on Justin. No one here is saying he's not the guy. We're saying there's a lot of room for improvement. We see it. We're going to give him time to figure this out. The offense time to figure this out. But there will also become a time where you just have to be honest with yourself. So we'll, and it doesn't matter what we think. It's what Ryan Poles thinks. Exactly. And he didn't draft this quarterback and we don't, Pace's track record when it comes to those first round picks, let alone first round quarterback. We saw that with Mitch. So we'll see. And I'm not trying to equate the two. I do still have belief. Justin can turn this thing around. I just hope that he can find it. And honestly, I just want the guy to be happy. Like I want him to find some joy in this. I, I know there's, I'm happy that he's taking it seriously. Like I mentioned, but also like it's a game. Let's have some fun. And I think if he can let loose a bit, that also will maybe allow him to play you know, a little bit quicker, a little bit faster and confident. You know, a little bit more confident. Exactly. Now, Nick, before you go, uh, I actually want to, yeah, I don't know if you ever watched like saw, but do you want to play a game? <laughs> I, I, I have seen a couple of saw movies. They have some disturbing things in there. As long as we don't get into that realm of stuff, I'm down to play a game. All right. Hold on. Let me delete that. Okay. We're good then. All right. <laughs> we're set. No, I want to do two truths and a lie here and i have three different sets that i want you guys to try to 
sniff it out. So the very first set here for Two Truths and a Lie here on the CHGO Bears after, and after Dark. And if you're in the chat, let's play along. You let us know what it is. All right, we have David Montgomery leaves the team and catches. Jaquan Brisker is tied for third on the team with one pass breakup. And Justin Jones leaves the team and tackles for loss. Which one's the lie? Hmm. This is um David Montgomery no. leads the team in catches would be the lie. Okay, Nick. Come on. What do you got? We could have gone with that one too. All right. The lie is the Jaquan Brisker. He actually does not have an official PBU yet this season. Really? David Montgomery. First play. Yeah, he had one about the first play this week. They didn't, they didn't count it. Where's it's the statistician? Who's the statistician at Soldier Field? I agree. But yeah, uh, David Montgomery leads the team with five catches, which is nuts. Nuts, I say, according to PFR earlier today. Justin Jones leads the team in total, total TFLs with three. Roquan's right behind there with a two. But yeah, uh, that one surprised me. That one surprised me. All right, number two. Justin Fields has the same yards per attempt as Tom Brady. Eddie Jackson is tied for second in the NFL with his two interceptions. And Khalil Herbert has gained more first downs on the ground than Christian McCaffrey by only one. Which one's the lie? McCaffrey one. The McCaffrey one for Nick? I'm saying the Justin Fields <laughs> with Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm just going that... the easy money with the quarterback stats. Ours have to be the lowest. It sounds it sounds right, but Eddie Jackson, you guys are both right. That one was true. His two interceptions is second most in the NFL right now. Justin Fields does have the same amount of yards per attempt as Tom Brady at 6.6. They are tied so far, but Khalil Herbert has not gained more first downs in the ground than McCaffrey but he is only one behind him. He has 12 and McCaffrey has 13. Wow. So it's close. Hmm. Yeah. There Did we you come go. up with these? Well, it's just, just browsing, browsing stats, PFR, <laughs> NFL.com, trying to find, you know, just what is close and what could be fun. And literally did this like an hour before the show. Cause I was like, what else can we do here? That's a little bit different than like the daytime show. So Thought this was a, a fun, easy thing for you know a couple of guys to just guess on, and I wanted to make sure Nick, you were here because just Greg doing it would no offense, Greg. It's we want more opinions, and just makes it a little bit more fun uh, to do a game like this. But I have a final set for you guys. Justin Fields has the lowest passer rating of all quarterbacks in his draft class so far this year. Khalil Herbert leads his running back draft class in yards, yards per attempt, touchdowns, and missed tackles forced. And Eddie Jackson is in the top 25 in the NFL in total tackles. Which one's the lie? The first one again? Mm -hmm. The first one is Fields has the lowest passer rating of all quarterbacks in his draft class. That's my lie. Yeah, I have to go with that one too. Okay. So Eddie Jackson is in the top 25 in the NFL in tackles. Hell yeah, uh, he, he is. Tw he's 22nd in the league right now in total tackles of all positions on defense. Justin Fields, unfortunately, does have the lowest passer rating of all quarterbacks. He has a 50. Trey Lance is like right above him at like a 55. And of course, Lance isn't going down anytime soon. But Justin does have room to move that up. Uh, the, uh, uh, but the lie was Khalil Herbert because he does actually lead his running back draft class in yards and yards per attempt and touchdowns on the ground. It's only the missed tackles uh, that he's second in right now. But so that one was the lie. 
My brain hurts. This game. Nick, my brain, <laughs> my caveman. We both had, <laughs> both had similar thoughts. Like, I'm that terrible. Was, yeah, if I start thinking too hard, we're we're gonna have problems on here. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep this up every week because I like and now you guys are gonna be like scouring the stat lines, trying to figure out like what's Will gonna come up with this week. He's not gonna fool me, and then I'm gonna be like doing like middle names or something. <laughs> All right. You don't um, have to go that in depth, Will, and you'll get us. <laughs> I'll give you one. Who showed up to the CHGO tailgate before it started with their dog and wasn't helping? Ooh. Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, or Corey Wooten? Corey Wooten. I'm gonna say Corey as well because I don't want to. I don't want to offend Adam or Carmen. <laughs> oh, that, that was a Mark guy. I saw Carm on Twitter with a dog, so it seems like oh. a weird ah. Ah. Yeah, I, it marks my my <laughs> ultimate rival, so I have to throw him on. No, Mark's great. But he did show up with his cute dog. I think his uh, – I forget the name of it. He's uh, Doggy or Doggo or something like that. He was telling me um, – or Puppo is the name. Puppo. Uh, so I had nothing but respect and love for Puppo. It's a cute dog. But, yeah, he showed up with his dog. Totally a distraction for me. I'm like trying to get everything wrong. And then I see a dog and then I just put everything to the side. I wasn't happy either because the dog was ignoring me too. Yeah, Puppo. I swear to God, that's the name. It's Mr. Popo, Mr. Puppo. Just ask Mark. But I had to take a little dig at Mark. He's my he's my rival now. So I'll ask him tomorrow. I'll be in the studio and we're going to have to play ping pong again. I'm undefeated. And I know that bothers Mark a lot, so I'll play him again tomorrow. And Hit him with some puppo slander, and that'll throw him <laughs> oh, off his game. It's, I don't think I have to do that to throw him off his game. <laughs> <laughs> <Really honest>. <laughs> See, this isn't fair. I was driving all morning, so I wasn't on social media. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I didn't get the hint that Joey did, but Nick, you had, well, you drove in, but I don't think you had much excuse. You could have checked earlier. I could have. I didn't. i'll be i'll be the muscle you know you guys are all working hard you guys gotta go to the stadium and do some great coverage inside there for everybody i'm happy to be the muscle here at chgo more than more than happy it's my pleasure well i mean gee it ain't me (laughs) shoot i ain't got no muscle this is all just beef from taco bell so <laughs> Nick, Nick, I know Nick's you're the, in the muscle. Chat. Yeah, Nick's the one that works out. He's the muscle around here. And apparently, I'm... the secret sauce is the mild, right? That's what makes the muscle. Yeah, I, I love the mild from from Taco Bell. And you know, it's funny. Like my my girlfriend, lo- she goes on little Taco Bell runs. If she ever finds this segment, she might kill me. But yeah, she loves it too. Like, who doesn't like Taco Bell? It's, you can, I mean, there's you can randomly pick something. Like, all right, that works. But yeah, Taco Bell is awesome. Yeah. What do you? What's your go-to instead of like? I know you love the sauce. We have a go-to. I know we heard of Greg's. I am like I'm so happy the Mexican pizza is back. Like growing up, that was my favorite thing. It's gooey. You get some meat. You get some beans. You get the sauce on it. It's never the same after they took off like the little green onions on top. Like a decade ago, like I still really miss those. But I think it came back last week, and I haven't gone yet. So it may be like a late night run after this after dark show to get a, a Mexican pizza, and I'll tweet it at Greg and. Let him and um, glory. But what's your what's your go to, Nick? <laughs> I, I like to mix it up a little bit, and of course, I have to update the Taco Bell app to actually see the menu right now. And I was gonna pull you have it the up, app, but like I ha- oh, you get rewards points, guys. Like yeah, I got like a bunch of free stuff from Taco Bell. Like I go 
when there's, you know, when I'm hungry, like I'll go to Taco Bell. Um, like the beef crunch, what is it? Beef crunch wrap or, or something like that. Maybe that's the name, but the burrito. Like just, yeah. The burrito. Yep. I'll do that. But just drown that thing in mild sauce and I'm good to go. But yeah, get on, get on the app. Get those. I got like three, <laughs> three tacos all the time. No, see, I do. I do the app for Chick-fil-A and I just get like free anything there see? because the wife and the kid love it. So I rack up those points and rewards real quick oh wait did joey just say beefy crunchy burrito yes beefy crunch burrito that that's, that's what i was saying the burrito fire. yeah oh my gosh that thing yep did they put like uh what is it fritos yep is it yeah oh. they still got it it's all right per sources <laughs> all right nick so i guess we'll let you go on that no any actually before we officially you know shove you out of the screen anything else from outside we didn't get to i know we i think we dove into justin fields talk a little uh you know it was necessary we needed to get to it but i think it surprised all of us that we got there so quickly but it makes sense yeah one last thing you guys uh maddie refluce was asked about why tevin jenkins didn't start in this game against the texans and the quote is this it's about practice we evaluate practice wednesday is a big day for us we thought that Lucas did a good job of practicing. Tevin did a nice job on Thursday and Friday, but needs to have a better Wednesday for him to step into that role. And so, okay, that's what Matty Rufloos said about that. Robert Quinn also talked later too. And he said, I forgot exactly what the question was, but it's not about what you do in practice. It's about what you do on the game that really signifies who you are as a player. So I like there's polar opposite kind of, ways to think about this like some guys are you know good at consistently practicing throughout the week and then maybe on game day they don't show up or they're still you know they they practice what they've done and it shows on game day some players are just not the best throughout the week of practice but will come out and show it on game day i'm just curious your guys's uh just your your opinions on that like maybe Tevin jenkins didn't have that good wednesday practice but he showed out thursday friday he didn't start but we've seen Tevin Jenkins in games, and it's looked good. Are you okay with this approach? Matty Refluce is holding him accountable, and hey, you're not going to start. Just what? What's the mindset for, from you guys? Um, just curious. Go ahead, Will. <laughs> you're making me go first, man. I was trying to because I'm I'm a little bit torn because Nick made a good point about like what we're seeing in the games. Like I, I want that on the field. I want that bully at right guard that's going to go out there and just destroy people. We've seen it already, but. Also, on the same token, and this always makes my mind interesting because I can find rations, rationales for anything. I, I do like the coaches holding them responsible and accountable because that's what they're preaching all the way around. So if they are preaching like you need to have good Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practices in order to be out there, every every single person, like this is what we expect from a starter. But then Tevin doesn't, but they still allow him to start. Then if I was a teammate of his, I'd be looking around like, how come he's getting special treatment? Like, so that can cause some risks. I don't think the Bears want that to begin within the locker room, and I don't think Coach Fluce is a guy that's going to allow that to happen, and he sticks to his guns, and he has – that's what the whole hits principle is for. They have a way to measure different uh, ways that players, well, you know, play and perform, and that's how they measure players. So if it's – if he's not to that standard of like, hey, you can go out there and start, then like, fine. But at the same time, like, I do miss him on the field. I want to make sure that's clear. But I, I like – keeping everybody accountable and not having anyone have like, you know, special treatment or anything like that. Yeah. This really concerns me. This whole saga has gone. It's just been out of control from before training camp 
We have had so little information. There's so many been so many different reports. My guy David Kaplan, you know, he he reported that there was a disconnect between him and the coaches, and then there was word that he was getting trade. He's on the trade block from bigger guys like Ian Rappaport, and then you know now he's still on the team. Now he's playing guard, and it seemed like he was kind of grabbing the bull by the horns as far as what they were asking of him. He wins the starting job. He's clearly talented. You could argue the most talented offensive lineman on their roster. But when you hear that he's not playing because he didn't have a good practice on a Wednesday, and you're talking about a high-value player, a guy you got in the second round, very talented, as I said, maybe the most talented offensive lineman on your team, and you aren't starting him because of that, and you say it, you don't just do it. You say that's the reason in the presser. That's calling somebody out. So there is a disconnect. That's the only way you can draw this up. That's a problem. And it's it's got to be a distraction. I'm sure there's some people that have Tevin's back. And I'm sure there's other people that see and understand why it's happening to Tevin. You know, because, yeah, you want your coaches to hold players accountable. We've had that problem with coaches in the past, including the most previous one, not holding players accountable to discipline, fighting on the field, and things of that nature. I was done with that crap. So I'm fine with him holding players accountable. But I hate to agree with Matt Nagy in the chat because (laughs) I don't want to say Matt Nagy, but he says, you know, how about they hold Fields accountable? I'm not asking him to come out there and blast Justin Fields. But if you're going to come out there and say, you know, Tevin Jenkins didn't have a good day of practice on Wednesday, I'm sure Justin Fields is practicing better than anybody on the team. The way he prepares, you saw the video of him. Uh, working out as soon as the game was over. Darnell Mooney's out there uh, with the jugs machine, as you captured uh, Will and Nick after the game when nobody was uh, out there. I love that. Uh, So I'm not questioning Justin Fields uh, practicing, but what I am going to say is I did, you know, we did hear Matt Eberflus say, you know, everybody around Justin has to play better. That was what was said in the post-game presser yesterday. And, So you're going to hold back criticism to your quarterback who clearly is struggling, but go after Tevin Jenkins in a press conference for the way he practiced on Wednesday. So there is a little bit of, you know, a popularity contest who you're going to, you know, throw the, throw the proverbial player under the bus for here. You know, is it true? You know, I have to take Matt Eberflus's word for it. But am I worried about this? How do I feel about it? It fires me up because I want this situation resolved. I'm honestly sick of talking about it. I'd prefer him to be on the field. So, you know, it's just gotten to a point where we're this far into the season and we're still talking about this Tevin Jenkins saga. It's disappointing to say the least. Greg, wouldn't Eberflus mentioning like they have a young quarterback that needs help from the defense and special teams in order to like win these games in a sense be like, calling him out though i guess i could see it that way but man the way he worded it when i went back i I had a friend tell me that that's what he said i've been so busy i I haven't gotten a chance to see all the different coverage so i go back and watch it to hear exactly how he said it and you know the question was about justin and then he flips it and says you know everybody around him has to be better okay that's no one's saying that isn't true but you're allowed to say Justin has to be better. I, if Justin can't handle that, then that's a bigger problem. I'm sure he can. You know, he, he he was 
raised properly in a military family and the whole bit, you know, I, I don't think he can't handle the criticism. So, you know, just taking that dot and connecting it to the way he went after Tevin Jenkins in a lot of ways, it concerns me. I do agree. Yeah. They all got to help lift him up because he's not playing well enough, but he didn't really say it in those certain terms. He's, he's kind of avoiding saying Justin isn't playing good enough. Justin said it. So I got to give Justin a lot of credit. He stood up. He's not making excuses for himself. So there's some, you know, the the press conference game can be a little tricky, right? You know, we're all, Mm -hmm. you know, there's emotion involved after a game and everything like that. So I try not to read too much into that stuff. But when you specifically go after Tevin Jenkins in a press conference, there's obviously an issue at stake. But I would, if you're going to call people out, let's call it fair across the board. And I got nothing but respect for that because I want these guys held accountable. That's the only way this team is going to get better. 100%. Nick, any final thoughts? I'll just say this. I think that whole saga that you were mentioning, Greg, is hopefully going to end because obviously Lucas is not having anything wrapped on his right hand. And if he's supposed, if he's healthy enough to snap, we've already seen enough snap infractions these last two mm-hmm. weeks with Sam Musgrave and Justin Fields. Fumbles. Like, like that can't happen anymore. Hopefully this whole saga ends. You put Lucas Patrick at your center. There's no one to really go in competition with Tevin Jenkins at the right guard position. He'll be there and actually sustain drive each drive. You'll actually see number 76 at that position, which will be a nice, nice to see because we haven't uh, seen that obviously yet, but hopefully that saga ends this week against the giants on Sunday, because it looks like Patrick is getting healthier. There's nothing on that right hand. And we'll finally see what that, that best five offensive lineman really looks like at their respective positions that they were supposed to come here and play. Man, if those snap issues continue, though, then we have a whole nother wreck situation on our hands, and I would really <laughs> hate to watch that because I, I I, was thinking about that yesterday after the second one. I was like, ooh, I remember when this used to be a thing, and I'm glad it hasn't been in quite a long time, but that would be a telltale sign for us if so. But, guys, if the Bears are able to run the ball for – almost 300 yards with Sam Mustafer starting at center and Lucas Patrick and, you know, Tevin Jenkins having like a 63, uh, 65, 35 split. Imagine when you have your two guys right where they belong. And then you have your full strength up front. Like that excites me. Uh, and I know the Texans defense wasn't, you know, a great one. They have been very bendable. I guess malleable would be the correct word I want to use there, but still like the fact that they can have like a special day, running the football with a non-ideal situation when that does become full strength. Like let's see what happens. I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to run the ball. If they're going to be able to just move guys like they did yesterday. hundred percent. It's definitely the silver lining with everything we have going on. I know fans are getting upset because some fans are getting upset because we're being too critical after a win. Um, There's certainly positives to take from, and that's, that's the big one. All right, Nick, get out of here. We have like four minutes left anyway. <laughs> but you should. Uh... Uh, it's looking good with uh, what Cody was saying for the under. It's 3-3, 11-17 in the second quarter. I made that bet. So appreciate it, Cody. I listened to him while you guys were on. I'm like, all right, let me do the under on this game. Hopefully that stays. But, yeah, you guys uh, have fun wrapping up the show. It was fun talking to you. And uh, everybody in the chat, we'll see you next Monday night. And yeah, yes, and, also, and you'll be on Thursday with me to help preview this Giants matchup. So I'm sure as soon as you get off, you're going to watch that game closely. So that way, later in the week, it's a little bit easier to kind of have some talking points and some notes. For sure. That's what I plan on doing. It looks like Joey made the bet. 
Get that All right, money. go win some money. Have a good night, dude. Get you All guys. right. Thanks, Nick. Real quick before we go, I want to let people know about uh, Chi-Town Cornhole real quick. Uh, so Chi-Town Custom Cornhole is the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Their signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole bowls, uh, boards come with built-in drink holders, recessed in on the back, LEDs that light up the whole exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted score keepers. They're veteran-owned and operated. They sh- can ship anywhere, and they also all offer local pickups they specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event wedding gifts and gifts for all occasions especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues greg you're over by the boards and the bags throughout the tailgate what was like the general consensus from everyone attending the event about those amazing boards that we got from chi town cornhole yeah they're great they're great uh, nice slide to them you know uh Bags were real nice, played nice against the boards. Tough conditions because it was very windy out. Uh, whoever set up the bags, they had them pretty far distance apart, which made throwing even more of a challenge. But, of course, I came through in the clutch. Adam Hogue, uh, you know, was trying to put me on the spot on Instagram, uh, and I, I, I made the game-winning uh, shot. I call it Jordan time all, all day long. But they were ridiculously far, Joey. I don't know who set it up, but um, – yeah, I'll I'll make sure the spacing is proper next time because we're right up against the lake, so it's always going to be windy. We don't need them that far. Nobody's trying to be a hero. It makes the games take twice as long. But as far as the boards are concerned, uh, it, they were really nice. They had you know uh, the little option to move the scale as far as what the score is. The other set had cup holders behind them, so that's always nice where it's protected underneath. When you put your beer, your drink, sometimes that can always be a an issue when you're playing. Get your drink knocked over if you put it behind the boards. These had cup holders hidden underneath the board, so that's a nice little uh, you know uh, specialty for the for the throwers. But overall, just the designs on them looked real clean. Mm-hmm. Um, LED lights, you know, it was daytime, so we didn't really get to see them. But I've seen them at night; they look awesome. Uh, just top of the line boards. Got to give them a lot of credit and shout out to them. They were on. Um, full display at the tailgate and people loved them. Now that's awesome to hear. Definitely check them out. Uh, if you want some new sweet kick-ass boards, Greg, we just have a few moments left. Uh, I want to be end on what I believe is going to be a positive because yeah, uh, <laughs> we, be- we better earth. We're going to get what? killed by some fans that are just tired of the negativity talk. I-, I do think though, like even though we've been critical, we've been fair and we've sprinkled in positivity throughout the show, at least from my vantage yeah. point, but I agree with you. I love ending on a positive note. Are you ready to, and maybe it's a positive view. Maybe you're not there, but I have a hunch. You may be, are you ready to proclaim that like, Bo Jack is back. Like Eddie Jackson is Eddie Jackson yet again, because like for me, I'm there a hundred percent. I was already there in training camp, like hearing him speak about his coaches and the accountability. Like I just thought he struggled due to poor coaching and no one held him accountable. Like they're like, Oh, Eddie Jackson's great. We don't have to worry about him. And it felt like neglected and forgotten about. And I think that showed and the scheme wasn't fit for him, but he was talking up the scheme and the camp and the coaches and, how he feels. And I just thought like, man, he sounds like a guy who's ready to just be that breakout star yet again. And already two interceptions in three games. I, I'm proclaiming that Bojack is back. How about you? Yeah. I mean, I'd go even further than to not just say he's back from his 2018 mold. He's turning into a leader. And okay, that's, I like that's it. a revelation that is warm. Welcome. This team needs it. This secondary needs it. 
He's the veteran of that group. Uh, he's totally embracing the hits philosophy. He had a forced fumble. Uh, didn't you know the Texans recovered it, but just the how he didn't give up on the play. He you know assumed he took on the contact, and the running back kept fighting through, and he kept fighting with the running back. Punches the ball out, and you know the Bears almost recover, but Texans get it. But still, I I took I took note of that. I'm like, that's yeah, we all know his interception prowess, which he again put on display. But his tackling this year, you know, I, I know he's had ta- he, he racks up the tackles as far as stat wise, but the effort on some of these tackles is what stands out to me. It seems like they're a little more than what we've seen before specifically with that forced fumble, but even in, in, in other games, you know, I've just kind of seen an enough's enough kind of mentality from Eddie Jackson. And like I said, I think there's a leadership, you know, aspect to this. He's growing into being the veteran that he now is when he was here in 2018, he was a young player with a lot of veterans around him. Now he's the veteran with young players around him. So I think there's an evolution to Eddie Jackson here where he's not only back, but he's taking another step in his development as a veteran, you know, star player on this defense. Good stuff there. I think one thing too, is just that ability that, or I guess the focus and emphasis he's placing on trying to knock that football out, like every single time. Like I understand, like there's other ball, there's other people making the tackle. So he's smart enough. Like instead of just going in to get the guy down, he's while the player's up, He's punching at it. He's ripping at it. And you've seen a few of these footballs start to wiggle. So I hit the ground bears ball. That's only going to continue if he continues that mindset. And you can tell he's really embracing uh, the, hustle, the intensity and, you know, the takeaways portion too. And uh, if he's hungry for the football, you know, everyone else is going to follow that leadership by example. And I, I, that's going to really help this bears defense start the entire season. Good stuff, Greg. I think tonight was a great episode of CHGO bears after yeah. dark, if I must say. Only going to get better, like the tailgate and everything else. You know, stick with us. I know a lot of fans want different things here from us as far as content with the Bears, and we're doing our best to give you exactly what you want as fans. So, you know, there's a lot of different people watching, so it's a lot of different tastes. But, uh, you know, I'm enjoying doing this with you, Will, of course, and then Nick and and Cody popping on uh, the last couple weeks. Cody's always a a fun addition, you know, because he's got uh, the, the the betting expertise. Nobody's gotten in the end zone yet for the Giants, but as far as what we're doing here at CHGO after Bears After Dark, it's it's a lot of fun, and definitely we're only going to get better as we go forward. 100%. Thanks for, you know, Nick. Joey, too. Joey's Joey doing in the great. background. Yeah. Yeah, Joey's always, uh, he's he's amazing. And I'm excited to continue working with him throughout the season. I want to thank, you know, just randomly, I'm sorry if I leave you out, but like Delcor, Sweetness34, Philosophy, Jay Sanders, all the coaches that we saw in the chat here today, <laughs> uh, Kyle, okay, Maggie, he keeps popping up here, Cliff, uh, who else was here towards the end? Bernard, Torin was here throughout the entire episode. I just want to thank everyone. David's down here too, Marco. Thanks for hanging out with us. There's like two Hall of Fame quarterbacks talking about a Monday night football game right now on ESPN2. And you're here listening to us talk about Chicago Bears football, which says, A, you know, you like what we're doing and we appreciate it. And B, I think it displays to us like just how dedicated you are to the Chicago Bears and your fandom. I, I think that really mm-hmm. does come through here. Uh, but now that we're going to be done talking, go watch the Mannings. Yeah, exactly we got to scout I'm... this Giants team that's so we right. can all figure out how the Bears can beat them on Sunday. Takes a village, Will. 
It, it absolutely does. And early said, you know, great show guys. Have a great night. You too. Uh, I'll call this an episode. See you Thursday for our official game preview show. But until then, bear down Chicago.